we were all confronted with the reality that, you know, there was a virus out there that was potentially fatal. I think it just forced people to get their estate plans in place and get their affairs in order and maybe have these conversations a little bit earlier or with more people than they may have anticipated. What we saw was a lot of people turned online to solutions like Willful for aspects of their lives that were traditionally more in contact and human connection. Welcome to Transform It Forward, the podcast that gives you an inside look into the before and after some of the world's most effective transformation processes. I'm your host, Paul French. Planning for death isn't anything that any of us want to think about, let alone plan for. But unfortunately, it is something we'll all be confronted with at some point. The process of will and estate planning has been notoriously complicated and burdensome, but new services and changing human behavior have the chance to make it all easier and more accessible to all. Today, I'm sitting down with Willful COO, Julia Stafford. We discuss how the world of will and estate planning is changing and how they intend to help everyone, at least in Canada, get a will. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the show. Julia, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You guys are in a really interesting space. Maybe you could, we could start with what's the problem you guys are trying to solve? Sure. An overwhelming number of Canadians don't have a will. And for those of you that don't know, a will is basically a very straightforward and simple document that outlines your wishes when you pass away. So it basically just determines who gets your stuff, your assets, your money, and who you would select as important people to take care of your minor children, your pets, and to close up your life. And so we work in the the will and estate planning space. And 57% of people don't have a will in Canada. And that's a really, really high number. And there's lots of reasons you know, as to why that is that we'll probably go into. But our goal is to make it as easy as possible to get those important documents in place. So the, natu- the, the natural question is, why is that? Is it because it's difficult and it requires, <laughs> you know, the, the simplicity of it? I, I Just to, to color the conversation, I was an unfortunately made an executor last year. So I've gotten to live this very specifically. So talk a little bit about why people don't have it. It really does come down to what we call the dreaded but. You know, the but, it costs too much. The I But I don't have time. But all of my stuff will just go to my family when I pass away, but I'll be dead. So who really cares? And the biggest but that we hear day in and day out from prospective and existing customers is I don't want to talk about death. So death is definitely a taboo topic. And we're trying to bring it out of the shadows and into the light by making it more approachable and you know, giving people the tools and the information and education that they need to realize that, well, yeah, obviously death isn't something we want to talk about day in and day out. It is something that is inevitably going to happen to all of us. And it's really important that we prepare to it and uh, prepare for it. And I think, you know, when it comes down to the, okay, so, but, 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 you know, all of these different reasons, there's really, we can sum all of those excuses up into kind of three categories. So first is it can be traditionally expensive to go get a will. People often when they talk about wills, they talk about, oh, I have to go see a lawyer and that's going to cost me thousands of dollars. We talk about convenience. So, you know, having to go visit a lawyer and make, you know, lists of all your assets and have these very, you know, important but difficult conversations, you know, that's inconvenient to me and I don't want to do it. And then just complexity. So there's a bit of a stigma around creating the will that it's this huge, impossible task. 
when it comes down to it, people do tend to put it at the bottom of the to-do list rather than the top because um, they think it's really expensive, you know, inconvenient and complex. And so much of of the the act of placing it on paper in a will and is preceded by huge amounts of conversations and huge amounts of internal debate and discussion and and that's you know if you don't have kids and pets imagine if you do have kids and pets so so how how is how do you facilitate some of those hard questions to help people understand that yeah it may be expensive and yeah it may be hard we can help fix that but the harder part is the you know, you're not getting any younger and, and you really ought to try to make it easier for the people you do leave behind. Cause, cause I've actually heard from someone in my extended family, what will I care? I'll be dead. And, uh, that isn't, that isn't the right answer. It's not, it's not. I mean, for us, we invest a lot in education. So on our website, we have a very, very comprehensive learn center that details all of the ins and outs of estate planning and all of the key decisions that need to be made. And we do have a lot of educational resources like checklists and conversation guides that do help people have those conversations in advance so that they are prepared to make those documents. At the end of the day, what it really comes down to is we try to boil it down into three simple steps. Again, people build it up as this impossible task, but when you really break it down, there's three steps. One is you need to choose an executor. So that is who is going to take care of my estate, like Paul, you were, uh, when I pass away. The second decision you have to make is who do I want my stuff to go to? And are there specific items that I want to gift to specific people? Do I want to give some of my estate and assets to charity and so on and so forth? So that's all around who do you want your stuff to go to? And then the last and final thing is who do you want to name responsible for your minor children and pets to pass away? And that's all around guardianship. So if we can boil it down into three simple steps, it actually becomes a much easier conversation to have. Obviously, you know, again, living it recently, it's a good place to start, but there's a lot of things that are on the periphery of those things that, that aren't necessarily as clean. And and I guess the question is, is the goal uh, for you guys to look for you know, the fat part of the curve, respectfully speaking, of the people who maybe have simpler estates or or maybe are younger with less complicated scenarios or don't have um, aging spouses or, you know, all the complexities that could potentially go along with this? Or is it because the way you look at it is something's better than nothing? Or how, how do you get to the point as you really try to understand what the product market fit of this is for you? So first of all, yes, we're absolutely providing an option to Canadians that, you know, is much more easy and affordable and is set for someone with a a straightforward estate. So it's not really about how much your estate is worth. That's a misconception as well. People think, oh, I don't have any money to give to anybody, so I don't need a will. But that's not true. The reality is if you have a fairly straightforward estate, you're a really good fit for Willful. There are lots of situations that we or other online will companies can't cover. There's so, and you know, there's things like, you know, specific trusts for children with disabilities and, and you different ways of handling your estate for tax advantages and all of those things. Absolutely. If you fit into kind of one of those categories, we definitely recommend you go see a lawyer. But for us, people are coming to Willful for one of three reasons. So Paul, as you spoke to someone that is close to you has passed away and you're front and center with how important it is to have this type of pre-planning in place. And that flips the switch for you to say, you know, I better get all of my affairs in order too. That's a big one for us. Um, But a lot of people come to us, you know, at different life stage moments. And one of the most common reasons that people come to us is that they're either buying a house or they're having their first child. 
you know, we're a great first step towards having a, an estate plan in place. There are, to your point, a lot of other pieces that could constitute a part of your estate plan, but the will is kind of the first and foremost thing that you should get in place. And then you should build it out from there. So then is, do you think about, you know, not now shifting, shifting more to the company side of things. Do you look at that as step one to a, a long-term customer relationship? And you've got other ideas around, you know, the whole settling of the estate approach is that what, where do you see the business going? You know, our goal at the end of the day is to ensure that every adult Canadian has a legally valid document, but that is, I think the tip of the iceberg. There's other elements of an estate plan that we want to be able to offer and our goal, our mission and our vision for the company, you know, over the next, you know, whatever it is, five or 10 years is to build out an end to end estate planning solution and make that available to Canadians. And so that includes all the things that you might have to consider with pre-planning. So prior to you passing away. So will is one of those things, but there's other elements uh, to that. And specifically these days, you know, there's lots of Lots of talk. We just did a great study with one password around also, you know, digital assets and are we recording those and who has access to those when we pass away? So, you know, I think as technology expands and, um, you know, access <laughs> expands to different types of platforms, we're going to also see the, the needs and the products and services available from an estate planning perspective grow as well. So that is ultimately the goal is to become, you know, the brand synonymous with estate planning in Canada. And and that's an interesting one, the, the, the digital, your digital life, right? And mm-hmm. I think it leads me to the question here is, is this a generational thing? Are you now looking more, you know, I'm, I'm in my middle age, my parents are now, you know, in their 70s and 80s. And, you know, they don't have that digital life, right? I have an emerging digital life because of my age. And certainly my kids, they don't even know what paper is anymore. So, <laughs> so is this, are you guys beginning both from a, from a customer acquisition, looking at this more like the people who are comfortable buying renter's insurance online? Like, oh, I understand, you know, I never had to think about, do I find a broker? Do I go, go down that path or, or conversely, like people who, understand that I'm going to have a lot more digital to deal with in the future than I might currently? I think these types of conversations, for example, you know, Apple released a feature as part of their service um, that allows you to assign basically a custodian of your iCloud account in case you pass away. And so I think as we see different companies addressing death, then it will become more top of mind. I think if Apple didn't launch that feature, you know, people probably realize they should do it, but maybe it's not as front and center in their mindset. And so what we're seeing is, yeah, absolutely. People my age and younger, the Gen Zs of the world and all of of those people, they're, they're very attuned to their accounts. And for some of these people, you know, their social media, Instagram account is more important than anything physical they might own, right? So I think they're more willing to take care of things. But interestingly, what we found in the study is that even they don't have the proper, you know, systems or or platforms in place to do that. And then they're almost like bridging this gap. So they're thinking more broadly about estate planning from that perspective. And then they're also in this position where they're having to turn and talk to their parents about estate planning, because like you, they've had to become an executor or they, or they've been named, sorry, an executor in someone's will. And so they're having to have these conversations with their parents and ensure that they have the proper plans in place. Because as you know, being an executor is really time consuming and, you know, it can take a really long, a lot of work and a long time to settle in a state. And so people are, you know, in this kind of like millennial generation are bridging these two sides of estate planning, which I find quite fascinating. 
it is fascinating because you think about it, you mentioned something early on as, as you think about what are the drivers for your customer acquisition, like people going through it going, oh, I better get my act together. And, and I'm actually living that, right? As you start to think about, you know, who's going to get my dash lane, you know, master password and how am I going to actually go through all that kind of stuff. But so it, it's such a complicated thing. I'm in, I'm in the States and these decisions are made at, you know, the county level, like really small yes. kind of organizational levels. And, and so how do you, as you think about it, I know you're constrained to Canada at this point, but the rules, as I understand them, there are similarly complex in the different provinces. So how do you look at, from a platform perspective, continuing to maintain the understanding of these incredibly arcane rules and timelines and costs and and, and reporting requirements and things like that in order to actually d- deliver something that scales and then gives you a way to, um, to add additional services uh, once you've done that? Great question. That is one of the biggest challenges of our business. I think what's interesting about you know selling estate plans and wills directly to consumers in a similar fashion that you know an e-commerce company would sell a T-shirt to their customer is that I can't we can't just go and sell a T-shirt you know in Ontario and then go and try and sell a T-shirt somewhere else because we can't sell the same T-shirt. We have taken the approach of partnering with estate lawyers across the country because each province has different legislation when it comes to estate planning. Having an estate lawyer in-house actually doesn't make a ton of sense in the sense that they aren't able to practice in every province. And so we have a team of estate lawyers that we work with under contract and Basically, the contract governs that relationship. So all of our content on our back end is written by lawyers for their province and then upload it to the platform. And then we have a contract that just basically, you know, governs a two-way dialogue around if there's any legislations made in that, in their jurisdiction, they're to update us and, you know, we will comply and and make changes. And so it is a constant dialogue and, you know, one that we, we continue to have each and every day with each of the lawyers that we, that we partner with. What we're seeing is that we're, see, we're starting to see some legislations happen in certain areas of the country, and we're hoping that those trickle out. So, for example, in British Columbia in December, we just saw probably the biggest change to estate planning legislation in Canada in a very long time, because it doesn't change that often, where they made it actually legal to sign your will and store your will digitally. So in areas of the states, I know that's already allowed, and uh, we're we're playing catch up a bit as a as a, a country. But in British Columbia now, you can actually sign and store your will online, and that's the first time that's ever allowed. In other areas of the country, you have to actually you know physically print your will, sign it with a pen, and you know store it in a in a in a cabinet or a desk drawer. So the legislation is is an inhibitor for sure, and we're you know, doing our best to modernize and digitize the parts of, the, of that experience that we can. And it would seem to me that, you know, you think about the other challenges in your growth regulatory, clearly gatekeepers, I would imagine you have estate planners and lawyers and people whose incentive is to bill by the hour that are saying, oh, you don't want that super simple thing. But it would seem to me the biggest one is, is consumer behavior, right? Like buying a house or something, you know, these, yeah. these big life decisions, people want somebody to hold their hand. How, how do you guys confront that? Yeah, I think we see ourselves, obviously, in some way, we're competing with lawyers, but I, I like to think of it as a Venn diagram where there's the group of people that either have a complex estate and need to visit a lawyer or just trust inherently that process because it's, you know, I'm talking to a person and it's the tried and true method of doing things. And then there's the people who 
even if they need a will, won't go see a lawyer because of all the reasons we talked about, the cost, the convenience, and the complexity. And yeah, there's a bit of overlap of some people who could go either way. But I think the reality is what we're trying to do is we're trying to, you know, be market and, and attract a different set of customers that aren't necessarily considering considering the lawyer. That being said, I, I agree. Like there is an aspect to estate planning. It's a super important document. It's a super important process. And so some people want the human connection. We aren't a law firm, so we can't offer legal advice, but we can offer education and and information. So we've invested a lot in our customer service, ensuring that we have educated, informed, knowledgeable people who can provide legal information and who are equipped to be able to walk people through the process. And what we find with our customer service, it's available online, chat, you know, phone call, whatever the case may be, is they really just want the reassurance that their situation is a fit. And so we can walk them through the different plans that we offer and whether or not the product is suitable for them. So given that it's complicated and high touched and and the complexity of dealing with uh, the different lawyers in the different provinces, is is this always a tech enabled service or ultimately will it truly be a fully integrated way to look at the world? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we our lawyers draft our content, but when it comes to our customers, there's there's no interaction. So, you know, this is these aren't numbers aren't t- necessarily accurate because I don't have the stats in front of me, but I would say about 30 to 40% of our sales have some human element, whether that's an email exchange, a chat, or a phone call. The rest are fully, you know, hands-off, no touch. They go on to our platform, sign up for an account and go through the process on their own with the support of our you know, education on our, on our website. So the way that I see it is there's still an aspect or a component of this that is definitely manual. Um, but digitally, I think there's so many industries that have transformed and modernized as a result of technology. I think estate planning is a little bit late to that party, but we're catching up and yeah, I could see this entire process continuing to become more and more online in the future. More and more young people, you just got to you gotta reach them through Instagram. It's the only way to find them, it seems. Exactly, yes. So, so how did, um, so it would seem as, as we all confronted uh, globally in the last couple of years, our own mortality, how did the pandemic affect you guys? Yeah, it brought to light the importance of emergency preparedness and planning. So all of a sudden, you know, we were all confronted with the reality that you know, there was a virus out there that, you know, was potentially fatal. And I think it just forced people to get their estate plans in place and get their affairs in order and maybe have these conversations a little bit earlier or with more people than they may have anticipated. What we saw was a lot of people turned online to solutions like Willful for aspects of their lives that were traditionally more in contact and human connection. So we did a study maybe mid-pandemic that said, I think it was about, you know, 58% of Canadians had turned to online services that they wouldn't normally use as a result of the pandemic. And in the context of estate planning, a lot of that had to do with social distancing. So for example, lawyer traditionally is the way that you would go about getting a will. You weren't able to go visit a lawyer in person and have those two or three meetings that you needed to, to have in order to get your estate plan in place. And so with something like Willful, you were able to get uh, you know, a will and power of attorney document done from the comfort of your home and your sweatpants on your couch. 
And that was, you know, really, that was and is really, really in demand as a result of, of the pandemic. And the other piece too is legislation did pivot a little bit. So as I mentioned, to make your will legally valid um, in most parts of Canada and, and still lots of parts in the States as well, is you have to print it, sign it with a wet signature and get that signed in front of two witnesses. And we weren't able to get witnesses because of social distancing. So provinces like Ontario did launch a virtual witnessing program where you are able to virtually witness your will. Now there's some restrictions on that. In Ontario, there has to be a lawyer on the call, whereas in other provinces there there aren't. But it did, I think, force not only us as consumers to reevaluate how we access products and services, but also legislation to say, hey, we're a bit behind the time. How can we pivot a little bit to give people you know, access so that they can be prepared. And so what other pieces of, you know, broad-based digital transformation, whether that's governmental or consumer behavior, are the things that would really help to accelerate where you guys are? The biggest thing from our perspective right now is being able to get this entire process online. You know, our ability to transform estate planning digitally is restrained by the legislation not by the technology, all the technologies out there. It's just a matter of what we can and can't do. So I'm very hopeful that the rest of the country will follow suit and allow for the digital signage and stories of wills. That's that's a huge thing. And then, you know, I just, I think there's lots of, as we talked about with, you know, digital assets and crypto and all of these other, you know, important aspects of our lives emerging. And we have to come up uh, with plans to deal with some of these things that, you know, those those plans haven't been written. There's no there's no rules for that yet. I think there's lots of opportunity to innovate and, and provide solutions in those areas. And so from that perspective, it would seem that you guys need to invest a lot of money in public policy or at least have access to things like that. Is that part of your plan? It definitely is. So we're very involved in the conversation today and in various aspects. And what we've seen a lot is these innovation sandboxes popping up. So the coming together of the regulators, the uh, you know, the lawyers and the tech companies to kind of agree that although we might have different approaches to things, we're all in this for the same reason, which is really providing access to justice. And so how can we work together and be innovative while respecting our different approaches and and move some of these things along? And so we're participating in quite a few of those types of sandboxes. So where does it go from here? What what does the next three to five years look like? What is the, the tipping, the proverbial tipping point? Yeah, for us, I mean... Our, our goal at the end of the day is, like I said, to get wills in as many Canadians' hands as we can. And our goal, our lofty, ambitious goal is to have every one in, of every 10 wills in Canada written uh, with Willful. So really for us, it's about customer acquisition and getting our message out there. We just did a, a really important study that looked at actually both the U.S. and Canada. And the reality is that online wills as a platform or a category the awareness of that is really, really low still. So, you know, we're on a mission to raise awareness of this option for people and really communicate the value of this option. And then from there, you know, rally people around the willful brand and and get the will in place. So the will is definitely the carrot, um, but we have so much opportunity with that. So in in the short term, it's really around getting as many Canadians to get wills as possible and then building out the platform and the products and services from there. Well, it's certainly a required thing. As like I said, somebody who's living through it right now, it's complicated, it's slow, it is uh, 
it's certainly uncomfortable. It's emotional. It's 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 all the worst parts of the things that when you really think about. So any level of simplicity and um, and somebody who's going to hold your hand and walk you down the process is a good thing. That is for sure. Absolutely. So uh, you've been very generous with your time. I, I love to end with a really simple question. Uh, when the day is over and you have uh, protected the futures of thousands of Canadians, what kind of music do you like to listen to? Oh, that, you know, that's a great question too, because I'm getting married in a month and we are getting a, a awesome nine piece band in with, you know, horns and sax and keys and all these things. So we were just chatting about the playlist. Uh, we're, we're very big fans of old school hip hop and Motown. So we're going to do our cocktail hour, a whole bunch of old school hop, uh, hip hop. And then we're going to be doing our kind of dance with, you know, the Stevie Wonders and the Whitney Houston's and the, you know, Marvin Gaye and, and all of that. So going to be a blast. So right now that's top of mind. That is uh, that is an excellent choice. Julia, thanks very much for your time. I wish you guys all the best. Thanks, Paul. Great to chat with you. I really appreciated Julia for joining us on the show today and helping us learn more about this process. A couple things came to mind. First, the process of drafting a will can seem overwhelming, to say the least. But as she mentioned, distilling the process down to a few simple steps can make it much easier and far less intimidating. No one wants to have hard conversations about death and estate planning, but the process doesn't need to be scary or complicated. Second, one of the most common misconceptions about estate planning is that it's something that should be reserved for people who are ill or have reached an advanced age. Various life stages like buying a house or having a child are often the best drivers for estate planning. Third, the opportunity to modernize and digitize the process of estate planning is critical. As more companies like Apple begin to address the topic of long-term planning and the custody of your digital life, more members of the younger generation will start to see the importance of looking at the in-real-life pieces of estate planning too. And fourth, like many other early-stage companies, segmentation is critically important to Willful. They need a client who is comfortable with an online experience and who also recognizes that there'll be some self-directed education required as part of the process. Thanks for listening to Transform It Forward, the podcast that gives you an inside look at some of the world's most effective transformation processes. If you like this episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Paul French, and I look forward to being with you next time. Transform It Forward is brought to you by Axway, who believes that in order to create the most value for customers, partners, and employees, you need to open everything by securely integrating and moving data across a complex world of old and new technologies.